ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. Thanks again for joining me. I'm really looking forward to talking about the atmosphere and tone of home in this podcast episode. But before we jump in, I just want to let you know if you don't know, and if you do remind you, um, to be sure that you subscribe to the No Higher Calling email. If you go to my website, which is www.nohighercalling.com, Org, scroll to the very bottom of the beautiful welcome page that my husband designed um, completely from scratch. He's a genius. I don't understand any of that, um, but I'm so thankful that he does uh, because he's been such a blessing to me and so many other ministry people through his business with Aussie Audio. Um, but anyway, scroll to the bottom of the homepage. There is a little box there that you can enter your email address and subscribe to the No Higher Calling emails. Um, I've kind of relaunched the efforts in the emails. Um, so usually about every two weeks, I send out an email. If you're on Instagram, you see that I've been weekly sharing some of my favorite things in my home for myself, for my kiddos. Um, you'll also find that recapped in the email, but also has some email exclusives. I share some of my favorite recipes, some of my favorite books. Um, then I also just share a lot of uh, personal news, um, a lot of no higher calling news. It's a good recap uh, in case you're not on social media 24-7, which I try not to be. Um, and, and sometimes I miss things and then I'm like, oh man, I miss that. So if no higher calling has been a blessing to your life and you're not on social media 24-7 and you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any of the exciting things that God is doing in our family in our and in our ministry. History, um, be sure that you subscribe to that email. I also recently did this and I plan to do this uh, more so. I will periodically send out some exclusive discount codes to my email subscribers for different products in the store. Um, just little things along the way just to try to say thank you for um, really just taking that next step in being involved in the ministry of No Higher Calling and keeping uh, up to date with our family. So if you want to do that, be sure to enter your email address and subscribe there on the website. So thank you so much. One other thing that I will say here as we start out, um, God is just blessing this podcast and I am so, so thankful. You know, I felt inadequate when I began and really after three years, I probably feel more inadequate now than I did when I started and thought I was too inadequate to do this. Um, but God equips those who he's called and it has just been so much fun. Um, you know, I feel like I say we all the time when I refer to No Higher Calling now, and that is because it is a team effort. Simeon is with me every step of the way, doing so much of the behind-the-scenes work that you would never even know, um, whether that's editing these episodes or my YouTube videos or being a sounding board as I am, you know, trying to unscramble ideas in my head for podcast episodes, um, or if that's like what he's doing today, which is helping me with the kids. It's a Friday here in Australia. I am batch recording some episodes. He's taking over a little bit of the homeschooling, and I think currently he has the kids outside playing. Um, just being my 
my partner in every sense of the word, helping me along with this. Um, and I'm so thankful for his support and his effort. And I'm just thankful for this uh, ministry that God has called us to. I'm thankful for every time that I hear from one of you listeners about how God is using the podcast, the resources, the YouTube, I mean, so many things now, how he's using that in your hearts and in your homes um, for the gospel's sake, really, is is the bigger picture. Um, this is more than just, you know, helping you with your cleaning or kitchen ideas or, or home, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, at the foundation of it all is just our desire to further spread the truth and the change that God has so radically brought about in our lives, in our marriage, in our parenting, and in our home. Um, And so we are just delighted to have you along on this journey. Um, If the podcast has been a blessing to you, one of the simplest ways that you can be a blessing to me is to engage with the podcast. Um, If you know, like the episodes, comments, um, if you can leave a review, that is so, so helpful. I don't understand all the analytics of that kind of stuff, Um, but they say that it really helps get uh, things like this out further. Again, not to build numbers or anything like that, but just if it's blessed you, then it could bless somebody else. Um, And so I would love to see the Lord get the fullest potential of the glory that he so rightfully deserves through this avenue that he's called us to. So if you want to leave a a review wherever you listen to the podcast, that would be such a blessing. As always, word of mouth is probably the best way to share things, especially amongst women. So if there's a podcast episode that you just absolutely love, share it on your social media, tag me, um, you know, be sure to share with your friends. And I just pray that God will continue to use No Higher Calling to glorify him and to further pass truth to my generation of women, but even beyond that to the next generations as we influence the lives of children. Okay, so we're going to talk about the atmosphere and tone of home. I've really been thinking on this topic for a very, very, very long time now, Um, just formulating what God wants me to say on this. Let me give you a a little bit of context here. So what are we talking about? The atmosphere, the tone of home. We're really going to talk about the purpose of home, um, what our hearts should be in regards to our home, um, and, and we'll kind of unpack this a little bit. Um, but when Simeon and I first got married, we lived in the tiniest little house. It was very, very old, um, but it was a house. Like We rented, but we were really excited that... You know, we, we had a house and not an apartment. Not that an apartment is a, not a good place to start. So many people start in an apartment. Um, but we had the sweetest landlords. They went to church with us. It was a little house. It wasn't really ours, but we felt like we could call it ours. You know, we had our own little yard and our flower bed. And so it just, it was, it was special. And you know what? We were newly married, so it felt like a castle. Um, then we had a baby and our castle drastically shrunk. Not that it was very big to start with. Um, but I also started realizing things like, oh, you know, this place is old and this is falling apart and that's not very pretty. And, you know, oh, my washer and dryer have to kind of be in like a main room of the house because there's no separate laundry room and just little things. Um, 
discontentment kind of started to arise. Like I said, then we had my daughter. It felt even smaller. Then I got pregnant again and we're like, oh my goodness, there's no way we can fit another baby in this house unless it like sleeps in the stroller in our closet. (laughs) So uh, we did move. Actually, the landlord that we rented off of had a second property that was on the other side of the road, other side of the driveway. So we moved across the driveway. Um, Our mailing address changed by one number. Um, so anyway, but it was, it was an upgrade. The house was much, much bigger. Um, it was newer, it, crazy story. So actually my parents rented, uh, this, this second house, they rented that house when I was in high school. So I lived in that house when I was in high school and early college. Um, then my parents moved away. My dad had a job transfer. So I moved with them for a little bit, uh, while I was trying to save up some money to finish college. I came back to Tennessee. I actually lived with my landlords that last semester. Um, the rules of our Bible college, I wasn't old enough to live on my own. I didn't have family. I didn't have the money to pay to live in the dorms. So I lived with this older couple. Um, then Simeon and I got married. We moved into the little house that they had that was their rental property. Then when we had Knox, we moved into the other house that is where I lived with my family in high school. Um, so I just, we joked with them. I was like, you can't get rid of me. Like I've just lived in all three of the houses that you own now. Um, and they're all right there on the same property, but we absolutely love them. They were such a gift to us. We miss them. Um, and they really came, became like grandparents to, to me and the kiddos. And so it was great. Um, but all that to say, like, you know, I, we were still in a rental situation. And when we got married, we knew that the long-term plan was Australia. Now it wound up being much longer term than we thought it would be because of COVID. Um, but we knew that like, that was the plan. So we had already decided we're not going to invest in furniture. We're not going to spend a bunch of money on decor and making our house exactly the way that we want it. Um, because we knew we'd be leaving all those things behind. So we had the living room furniture that was my in-laws hand-me-downs that was kind of falling apart when they gave it to us, but it was free. And so we took it and it, it worked. It did work. It wasn't super beautiful. And if you sat on the couch, um, and you were like my little ones who kind of stuck their hands in between the cushions, you could pull out all kinds of foam and it was just, um, you know, we either had that or just like Amazon furniture, things that were falling apart. Um, but, but it worked for that season. And because it was so temporary, I, you know, I struggled somewhat with contentment and just feeling like, you know, I'd go to other people's houses and be like, oh, wow, you know, they have all their beautiful fall decor. And I had never bought any of that because I knew we were going to be leaving. And, um, just some of that, you know, things like that would rise up, but I didn't think about it too much. Fast forward, we moved to Australia. We are still renting here. It is extremely expensive to live where we live. Like, so expensive. I don't know that we would ever buy a house. I'm not even going to throw out the numbers of what, like, an average house costs here because you'll think I'm crazy. Um, But the Lord gave us this house that even though it's not ours, we rent. Um, but the Lord worked out everything in such a miraculous way. It's, it's really nicer than what 
uh, we thought we would get. Um, and we love it. It's, it's large. It's so big. You know, there were some very specific things that we were praying for in regards to our home, needs of family, needs of a house that would be doing a lot of ministry. And God met those. He, I mean, he ticked all of those. And I'm so, so thankful. Um, but okay, so we're here. We had set aside money. We had saved money to be able to set up a home. Um, all that money that we weren't spending on the States buying for furniture and setting up a home. We were putting in a savings account, collecting interest. And so when we moved, I had a nice little nest egg that we were able to set up our home. So that's where this episode comes from. Um, so in the process of that, I am not very good at interior design. I'm not very good at home aesthetics. Like I can see something and be like, I like this. I don't like that. But to create it on my own, I really struggled with that. Um, and while, yes, we did have some money saved, we didn't have an endless budget. So I also had to be careful and frugal. Um, but the, it was very difficult for me as I was trying to think like, what do I want? And it was weird. It's not like we were doing like room by room slowly. I mean, we came to an empty house and we had to fill it. And, you know, I was like, well, I don't want to buy like waste money on just kind of temp stuff that we would just be replacing anyway. So I felt like whatever choice I made needed to be, you know, the furniture choices, the kitchen table choices, the, you know, decor color choices that I want it to be because I didn't want to waste our money. So that gets me on Pinterest. That gets me on Instagram. I'm looking at all of these houses and designs and layouts. And I am just dreaming and drooling over things um, that weren't practical. Let me just be quite frank. Um, And, you know, I love beauty. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about that. I love things that are beautiful. I think they have a very important place but I think when you come to the topic of, of home and what does my home need to look like, I feel like, especially with the rise in social media um, and just having such a, a glimpse into aspects of people's lives that we never had so much before on such a broad spectrum. I mean, I, I follow people on Instagram that I have no idea really who they are other than the occasional post, but I can tell you what their kitchen looks like. I mean, like that's just, that's, that's different than anything we've ever had in the past. Um, but because of that, a lot of discontentment can arise. Um, a lot of just almost embarrassment and sometimes shame of, you know, oh, well, look at my ugly floors. They don't look like, you know, that beautiful new laminate wood. Or, and I don't even understand all of those terms. I've never built a house. Like, so, um, you know, I don't know what kind of countertops are vogue right now. <laughs> I know mine aren't, but I don't really know what is. A granite, maybe. Um, but, you know, there's always this comparison. And I feel like I had to come to a place in my own heart where I came to a level of of, yes, I want it to be beautiful. I want to enjoy where I'm at. I, I want to love my home. My husband wanted to give me the opportunity to, to plan and decorate and choose so that I, I found great joy in my home, delight in my home. But also I was battling this feeling like, you know what, no matter how much I do or how much I spend, it could never be enough because it will never match X, Y, Z. Um, so let's just dive into this a little bit. Proverbs 14, one says, every wise woman buildeth her house, 
but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. I really needed to have like a mental check and a heart check on where, like, okay, where are these feelings and these thoughts coming from? Where do they need to be? And that is what I build upon because I I wasn't building my house as far as the framework and the roofing and the bricks. Um, but, but I was crafting a home. I, I was cultivating, I was taking empty walls and turning that from a house into a home. I, 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 in that sense, I was building, I was building our home. Um, and you know my my discontented attitude if i would have continued to indulge that that really could have been a foolish thing that would pluck down with my very own hands other things that i were trying to build up so i had to figure out okay where 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 do i need to be in all of this and so i also realized that to truly be a, a biblical homemaker, a, a woman and a wife and a mother and, and this home crafter, um, that there was so much more than the just the appearance, just the aesthetics. It was really an attitude of our home. And all of that played in, you know, all of the, the appearance and the aesthetics and all that played into the attitude, it, it initially leading to an atmosphere of our home, an atmosphere and tone of our home. I'm going to read a quote here, and I don't know where it's from, so I apologize. Home is not an aesthetic. Home is a place. It is where we are loved and show love. It is where we disciple. It is where we enjoy long meals and conversations together. It is where we welcome friends. It is a little piece of heaven on earth. Home is something we can all create within our four walls. Home doesn't have to be Trader Joe's bouquets. It can be hand-picked flowers on a walk with our kids. It can be fine linens or a thrift store tablecloth. The beauty of being a keeper at home is that we have all the resources we need to do it right at our fingertips. And I love that because I think in the, at, at first you think, I don't have all the resources at my fingertips. I don't have everything I need to make my home what I want it to be. But, but what is the goal of home? What is what is your desire for your home? Is it to have a home that's going to be featured in better homes and gardens? Because if so, I'm never going to have the right resources. I'm never going to have enough resources. But if it is a place to love well, to serve well, to feast on good things, to cultivate beauty, then God has given me the resources to do that. Um, it might require that I get creative there again. I may not, you know, we, I used to get Kroger $5 flower bouquets and I loved those. Um, and Hey, $5 every like two weeks or so I could do that. Um, we moved to Australia. Flowers are a lot more expensive here. We go to Costco and the kids are like, why can't we get flowers from Costco? I'm like, well, that's like an $80 bouquet and that's the cheapest one. Um, now they are like roses and stuff. So maybe I just need to find like the wildflower bouquets somewhere. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so our bouquets now look a little bit different, but I've had to realize that it's okay to have dandelions floating in a coffee cup because my toddler picked them and they don't have a stem. Um, that's beautiful too. I, I had to rethink through what my idea of beauty was when it came to, to my home. Was it a perfect social media image or was it just delighting 
in the beauty of the reality of my everyday life. And that was a heart check. And that's where we come to this topic, the atmosphere and the tone of home and how, and like I said, it's nice to have nice things. I'm a woman. I like nice things. Simeon and I invested in some nice bedroom furniture uh, for our bedroom, not for the kids because they're little and it would not last. (laughs) But we got some nice bedroom furniture for our room and I love it. I love it. It is beautiful. I walk in my room and it's like, ah, this is a pretty room. Um, But I I had to realize what really makes my home beautiful. Um, And when I was looking at these words, atmosphere and tone, I realized something. So atmosphere was very scientific, very weather um, related, very much centered around um, what you felt, talking about the wind, what you could see um, in regards to the weather, Um, very much talking about uh, things that you could taste and smell, the atmosphere around you, Um, and then tone, obviously, dealing more with hearing. So in these words, atmosphere and tone, I really feel like we kind of encompass the idea of the five senses. Your home is an experience um, for those that enter in um, and for those that dwell there. It is an experience and all five senses are engaged. What is the atmosphere and the tone of your home? And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about what is the purpose of the home. Does our emphasis on the aesthetics of home align with what the purpose is? So let's, let's make this practical. So how do we couple the desire to, yes, I do want my home to look nice and be pretty. And, and I do enjoy, you know, the shiplap walls or whatever it is that you really like. Um, but also how do I couple that How does it align with what the purpose of my home is? And maybe it needs to be something as simple as maybe you need to write down or think of what is the purpose of your home? And I read that quote earlier. You know, it talks of, you know, maybe that person, their their purpose was to love people, to disciple, to enjoy long meals and conversations together, to welcome friends, a piece of heaven on earth. So with that, if that is the goal, just say that's your goal, that is going to shape the aesthetics of your home, and that is going to influence that. So if you have a very clearly stated purpose of what your home is intended for, and that could be different for all of us. Now, I hope as Christian women, we have the same foundation. Um, You know, we seek to love, we seek to be the hands and feet of Christ, we seek to minister, Um, but we're all going to have different things that we value, that we enjoy, um, that are an emphasis in our homes. You know, we love music. Music is a huge part of our home. That's trickled down to we desire that our kids have music instruction. A piano is going to be an aesthetic part of our home. I like my piano. It is, I mean, it's useful. It has a practical job, um, but it also is a piece of furniture in our living room. I have put aesthetically pleasing things around that piano to highlight the piano. I have beautiful mirrors that I love hanging above my piano. I have a beautiful tree that I love 
beside, potted beside my piano. The piano is a highlight point when you walk into that room and you look at it. And that's what I'm saying here. As we're trying to craft these homes and cultivate these homes, I think before we just jump into our our list of all the things that we have to buy, it's good to come up with a purpose. What is the purpose of your home? And then, like I said, maybe take it a step further than that. What are things that are important to our family? Uh, Simeon and I are going to be doing an episode on family culture, talking about how to uh, figure out what is important to you, what is important to you as a family. And then that will help further define things. Um, I've shared on the podcast before, we have given the TV, a back seat in our home. And that used to be a, a very big part of our home. So it was the centralized um, thing in our living room. We have changed priorities in this season. Um, and so we don't have a TV in our home. That is not even a focal point of our home. Um, but you know what is another focal point of our home is our really large dining room table. Um, we purposely chose that because a part of our purpose as a family and the purpose of our home is to extend hospitality. I knew that. Therefore, I knew that however I decorated my kitchen, however I set up my kitchen, it needed to have a a practical, functioning, yet beautiful means of extending hospitality. And so that really took that that took shape as I was working on my home. And I think that when you are trying to create this atmosphere, the, the sights, the tone, the sounds of your home, you need to remember that it takes time. And think through these things. What are important to you? What's important to your family? What's the calling that God has on your life? What do you enjoy? What elements do you want your home to emphasize? Um, what do you deem to be beautiful? And and do that. Hey, maybe you like candles. Put candles around. Um, maybe you like flowers. Have flowers. Um, do simple things that create beauty. Um, I think sometimes in the day and age that we live, we need to remember the beauty that is found in the simple. We have so many flashy things. Um, we have such a keeping up with the Joneses mentality of, you know, oh, well, you know, this magazine or this social media account or whatever said that, that this is cool. Um, so I need to get this. Uh, but there's beauty often found in in the simple. And something I found just as I've had women reach out to me asking me to talk about clutter and organization and things like that is sometimes in the pursuit of a quote unquote beautiful home, we then get to a point where we're like, wow, we have a clutter a cluttery space with just stuff that we've got to clean all the time. Um, and it can be really overwhelming. Another good question to ask is how can we reflect the beauty and loveliness of Christ in our homes, yet balance that with wise stewardship and practicality? I I love Sally Clarkson. She has the book, The Life-Giving Home, Creating a Place of Belonging and Becoming. But she said, home is your garden of life, so to speak, and you are free to order it and plant it as you will. But all great works of life must be planned in order to make them productive useful and flourishing. 
she goes on to say, I hope you have that experience as well. Whatever your taste, preferences, and style, you have the freedom to create your own home art and make your dwelling place a place that is distinctively yours, a place of comfort, safety, and delight for you and everyone who steps inside your door. You know, I am not here to tell you how to decorate your home. I can't really even tell myself how to decorate my home. It's a work in progress. More on that in just a second. Um, But you know what? I'm not the one that's supposed to build your home. Um, I'm also not the one that can pluck it down with with my hands. Um, God's given that to each woman for her home. Um, And and all of our homes are going to look different. That is going to be very noticeably reflected in what your home looks like. Um, your home's not going to look like my home. My home's not going to look like your home and that's okay. They shouldn't. But I think it's really good for, for a Christian woman, for a biblical homemaker to have a minute to think this through and to have maybe, maybe you need a heart check like I did and just to ask these questions of what really is the purpose of, of our family and of our home and is the physical aspects of our home supporting that or is it hindering that? Um, This atmosphere, this tone that I am creating. And I mentioned earlier, um, you know, it it takes time. Home, you know, it says Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, home wasn't built in a day. Now, mine was thrown together pretty swiftly just because, you know, we needed stuff to live when we moved here to Australia. Um, but even, you know, I currently have a list of things that as the budget allows for, as time allows for, um, there are tweaks, there are little things here and there, especially like my kids' bedrooms. We kind of got them functioning. Um, and and I mean, they don't know any different. They're perfectly content in their bedrooms, but I'd love for my girls to have curtain in their windows. Um, I'd like for my son to have some pictures on his wall. Like those are things that are coming down the pike, uh, eventually as we can get to it. But, but home takes a lifetime to craft, you know, that you'll be adding and subtracting and tweaking and changing and beautifying, uh, from now until you are no longer homemaker of your home and that there's a joy in that process. I do think um, because of the social media mentality that we have, that sometimes with our homes, we feel like it has to get everything, has to get to a level of picture perfect so that we can kind of get the cute staged photo of the house. um, And then we move from there living in this picture perfect home. But that is just so impractical for so many reasons. One, just, just the reality of the fact that most of us just don't have the budget to get everything we want and how we like it in the moment. Another thing, if you're like me, sometimes you kind of change what you like and what you don't like. Or maybe you get bored, like I'm tired of my bathroom being blue. Like I want to change it and freshen it up and make it yellow. Um, You have the freedom to do that. You can continue to cultivate as you go. Um, But I also think it's really good to emphasize here too that home when we think about um the sights the sounds the aesthetics the atmosphere the tone um, i often think in regards to my home what will my children remember one day when they have homes of their own that they're crafting and when they've gone on when they reflect on home in their memories what what will they remember um 
you know, and, and I think, what did I remember about my home? You know, I, I remember my childhood bedroom, um, you know, I remember um, one of our home, the, the backyard that we spent a lot of time in and hosting people and bonfires. And um, But I think for, for the child growing up in the home, more even necessarily than the sights of the home, the child remembers the sounds, the smells, um, the, the tastes, the touch, those other things, I think as, as the, the women, we pour so much into the sights and sometimes it can be to the neglect of those other four senses. But it's funny to me as I was thinking this through that I really think that it's, it's the memories of the children that remember the other four. They remember the taste of home. Maybe it's mom's apple pie. Maybe you uh, do homemade ice cream. Maybe you have a soup that everybody loves. Maybe it's, um, you know, for us, it's, it's cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. That's just... That's what we do. We're the Brazzles. We eat cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Um, you know, I know Sally Clarkson talks about that a lot. Her children were asked to reflect on home and their upbringing. And I think one of her daughters, I can't remember what it was. I Don't quote me on this because this is not right. But it was something like, you know, Saturday morning is just French toast. Um, French toast. And, and they had something else. I can't remember what it was. Long conversations over breakfast or something. Um, but I loved that because that that is so true. Um you know, so you have the tastes of home. What tastes are you cultivating? What what are your traditions becoming? Do you tend to have the same thing on, on holidays or on special days? Or, you know, we just had a back to school and I know some people did their, their first day of school breakfast, something celebratory. Um, uh, but also, you know, what, what are the, what are the things that they touch? Um, you know, do you have soft blankets, you know, okay, coming back to all of this, what does your family deem important? And we'll talk about this a little more in the family culture one. Um, but books are a huge, huge part of our home. So books make up a big part of the aesthetics of our home. I decorate with books. Um, I consider my bookshelves full of books, very important furniture pieces in our home. They are cherished. They are loved. We have went to great lengths to make them beautiful. Um, that also said, we have spots for reading around our house. We have a basket that has blankets so that when you sit down with a good book, that you can cuddle up with a nice soft blanket as well. Um, you know, those, those touches of home, the things that the kids feel. Then you've got the smells of home. What does home smell like? You know, every family has their own unique smell, which I think is so interesting. I, I don't know how, if it's just natural. That's how God made us or if some families smell like laundry detergent or what. Um, but you know, I love to have the diffuser running in our home. Um, and so I usually, I, I, it's in my kind of kitchen living area. I like to have it just very bright and peppy. So I usually have some type of lemon or citrus oil in there. I just feel like it's a very awakening smell. Um, and, and I enjoy that. Now the holidays, um, I change that up. I might have, um, some vanilla, vanilla smells or, um, cinnamon, things like that. But, but all of that plays into creating this atmosphere of home. And then we have the tone of home. What are the sounds of home? And let me just say here, this can really, this can get convicting because I think sometimes, our sounds of home are not things that we want our children to remember. Um, whether that just be arguing or strife or anger or yelling, um, you know, we're not we're not 
perfect. We're not a perfect family. We have all those things in our home at times. Um, but I know as, as the mother, and let me just say here that I, the mother has such an important role, really probably more than anybody else in the family unit has the responsibility of crafting this atmosphere and tone of home. Yeah, dad plays a part. Um, and yeah, kids play a part. But but the mom is the cultivator. The mom is the crafter here. Uh, this is your domain. God has given this to you. And um, so I've really realized in my own heart and life that I have to really take that initiative to try to set the tone of, of my home. And I've shared this so many times on the podcast before, but it has been a life changer. So I'm just going to keep on cha- uh, sharing it. Um, having soft, inspirational, um, instrumental hymns is often our go-to choice. Playing on a consistent basis throughout our home has done a miraculous work at keeping the tone of our home centered on the purpose of our home. And our greatest purpose as a home and as a family is to glorify Christ. And keeping that tone has laid a foundation for the atmosphere then following. Um, And it has just been, it has been such a help So I'm going to close out this episode with one more cloak from the beloved Sally Clarkson uh, that I just think just captures all of this so beautifully as we wrap up this topic about home and atmosphere and tone and just creating a space where the people that you love so dearly feel loved back and where your children will grow up and look back and have sweet memories of, of a home that was not just a... A hotel. Sometimes I think that in just a, such a fast-paced culture, our homes feel like a place where you like grab a granola bar on the way out in the morning. You come home, you know, you you grab a microwave meal, sit in front of the TV and eat it, and you're off to bed, and then you just start it all over again. God intended for home to be so much more. Home is really a foundational cornerstone of of mankind, of society as a whole, and we have lost something beautiful um, when we do not give it the attention that it is due. Yet I do think there is a warning here that we don't flip to the other extreme and give it so much attention that we find ourselves dissatisfied and discontent. But I love this quote from Sally. Directing the music of a home not only is essential to building an atmosphere that invites life, it is also a delightful pastime. I have found so much pleasure over many years finding ways to make my home a more interesting place to be. Searching garage sales, secondhand stores, local shops, and foreign marketplaces for the treasures that now fill my rooms. My home has been decades in the making. It did not come together all at once. At age 62, I am still refining and refreshing the atmosphere to meet the needs of my husband, our now adult children, and me. It all began with the decision to begin, to envision, plan, and build, but it didn't end there. Having a home that tells a great story happens over time as we mature, refine, create, and love. I hope you will have that experience as well. Whatever your taste, preferences, and style, you have the freedom to create your own home art and make your dwelling place a place that is distinctively yours, a place of comfort, safety, and delight for you and everyone who steps inside your door.
I'm just going to wrap it up there with words of wisdom from Sally Clarkson on the creating an atmosphere and tone in your home that loves others well, that just emphasizes beauty, that sings of the glory of our creator. Um, Let's just enjoy the journey of crafting these homes, of building these homes together. Um, Not homes that have to be picture perfect. Um, Homes that have a purpose. We have a very clearly defined purpose. Um, But a place of enjoyment, a place of safety, and a haven in this world. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.